All right, it's November 17th, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit podcast, and I'm here to talk about today's random comic book. The random pick from my collection is Power Man and Iron Fist number 55, published by Marvel Comics, February 1979, 36 pages with a cover price of 35 cents. The creative team on this issue, we've got the cover artists are Bob Layton and Joe Rubenstein, written by Ed Hannigan, penciled by Lee Elias, inked by Jim Mooney, colors by Ben Sean, letters by Diana Albers, edited by Al Milgram, and the editor-in-chief, the infamous Jim Shooter. The title of this issue is Chaos at the Coliseum, or... What List Price Victory, which I think is supposed to be a car pun, because Luke Cage is appearing at the New York Auto Show as Power Man, performing feats of strength and signing autographs. Iron Fist shows up as his alter ego, Danny Rand, and the two tour the auto show before Danny's meeting with his business manager and legal counsel, Jaron Hogarth. In the custom and exotic car section, they find the Fantastic Four's Fantastic Car on loan from Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. And surprisingly, it's completely unguarded. You'd think they'd have it roped off with at least one rent-a-cop, but nope. And Luke, of course, mentions flying the Fantastic Car during his brief stint with the Fantastic Four. Which, if you didn't know, yes, Luke Cage, Power Man, was... Briefly, a member of the Fantastic Four from issues 168 to 171, I believe. The heroes for hire walk past a car company unveiling their new automobile named the Tiger. And of course, they walk a real live Bengal Tiger out on the stage. The handlers holding the Tiger with a chain assure the crowd that he was born in captivity and is completely safe. As if on cue, the tiger breaks the chain and jumps off the stage into the crowd. Luke pulls his punch slightly as to not hurt or kill the tiger, but he absolutely does punch the tiger in the face, possibly a Marvel Comics first. Danny jumps on the tiger's back to keep him from going after anyone in the crowd, and Luke straight up punches him again, harder this time, and he knocks his striped ass out. They discover a tiny dart stuck in the tiger, which is probably why he went nuts, because he was drugged. And then they find that the tiger's chain was rigged to snap. A uniformed police officer approaches and tells them that someone suspicious in a costume was seen on another level of the show. And they suspect that the tiger was a diversion for some criminal activity. Luke and Danny meet with Jaron later where we find out that there actually was no attempt on the box office receipts, so the mystery remains. That night, the heroes pull guard duty, but it's uneventful, as is actually the remainder of the week's show. On the final day of the show, Danny is giving a martial arts demonstration, and Luke is once again performing feats of strength, lifting a car over his head with a model sitting on it. Just then, two sets of goons rush in, The first set wearing traditional Marvel goon purple jumpsuits. I I feel like that should be a color, like a paint color, goon purple. 
uh, take Luke by surprise. They throw him off balance, and he loses control of the car he's holding, and it falls on him. One of the purple-suited goons is wearing an exoskeleton strong enough to go head-to-head with Luke, and the other is wearing a flamethrower suit. The second set of goons that go after Danny are wearing strange red padded suits. And, you know, he he thinks that the, the padding won't certainly won't help them against his, his fighting technique and his fighting style. But he notices that at, during the fight that some sort of powder or dust comes off the suit every time he strikes. While Danny is fighting, a flatbed truck rolls in and a gunman who refers to himself as Bull keeps the crowd back with a machine gun. Another gunman is using a giant laser cutter to make a hole in the ceiling above the flatbed. So Iron Fist decides it's time to use his actual Iron Fist to stop the goons. But the head guy, Bull, informs Danny that the powder that's been coming off the guys he was fighting was actually a fine explosive that has now covered Danny in a thin layer and if he tries to use his power, he'll destroy himself. Luke's goons stop fighting all of a sudden and make a break for the Fantastic Car. As they jump in, an explosion goes off and the Fantastic Car drops down directly onto the flatbed. Luke and Danny try to stop the truck. Bull fires his machine gun to scare the crowd and to cause more chaos. Luke is actually able to jump on the back of the truck unseen at the last minute as the truck barrels out of the auto show and into traffic. There's still some goons on the Fantastic Car, so Luke has to fight his way to the pilot's seat. He starts flying it off the truck because, you know, no one actually thought to strap it down. He flips it to one side and all the goons that were on it fall off onto the street. Even though the jig is up, the truck keeps speeding away. So Luke uses the Fantastic Car to push the truck off the road and into the river. After all the goons have been rounded up by the police, they find out that Bull actually had run-ins with heroes in the past. He appeared in Tales of Suspense number 59 when he led an assault on Avengers Mansion because there happened to be only one Avenger on duty that night. Unfortunately, that lone Avenger was Captain America, so you can imagine that that didn't end well for Bull and his gang. So that's pretty much the end of the story. Uh, I did find one other interesting piece of information about the artist of this issue, Lee Elias. Lee Elias was a... Brit, or a British-American comics artist, known for his work on the Black Cat comic book published by Harvey Comics in the 1940s. Obviously, no relation to the Marvel version of the Black Cat. He left the industry after the 1954 publication of Frederick Wortham's anti-comics book, Seduction of the Innocent, which actually used four of his Black Cat panels as examples of quote-unquote depraved comic art. But in 1972, Elias actually came back to American comics, working mostly on DC Comics horror titles and some Marvel comics, including Power Man and Iron Fist and The Human Fly. And it looks like his last major project was called The Rook for Warren Publishing, which I'm not familiar with. So that's all for Power Man and Iron Fist number 55 and for this episode of the Daily Spinner Rack. Make sure to visit every day for a new review of a random back issue from my collection. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.